1: Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not look. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Yeah. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dogster. Presented by BetMGM. <laughs> And we are off on a Tuesday on the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you along with us. Coming up in the next three hours, we will look back at yesterday's playoff action in the NFL, including the Steelers and the Bills going at it in snowy Buffalo at 620 what we expect in this week's divisional round of the postseason starting in the NFC that is followed by NFL futures at 640 during the seven o'clock hour we will check out the numbers for the divisional round in the AFC before looking at the NBA schedule today at 720 at 740 you know it you love it Chelsea will put together her weekly teaser for us and finally at eight o'clock it is just straight football the entire way through along with our best bets on this Tuesday Chelsea good morning to you great to see you back here as we both had yesterday off and took advantage of the snow I was living vicariously through you watching all the pictures you posted on the gram because it looked like you and the entire family had a full snow day
2: yeah remember all the slander that I've been saying about the month of January how there is nothing good about this month this is the worst month of all Mm -hmm. time i will say january kind of surprised me because yesterday was one of my favorite days of you know the last six months we had a great snow day we went out and played uh i know that i've talked at length about our new house uh but we live on a golf course so there's all these like big hills so Mm -hmm. it's a great place to sled it's also just you know areas where other people can't get to and it's just untamed snow like fresh snow that like mm-hmm. no footprints have been in. So it's just really pretty. I will say the cold has some other impacts. Like this morning, I'm running a little behind because I had a nosebleed. When's the last time you had a nosebleed? Whoa. Like you don't even feel it, I think is the worst part. So you're just walking around the house and like, obviously nobody's seeing me, but then you look in the mirror and you're like, whoa, what happened?
1: <laughs>
2: so I had this big nosebleed I had to clean up, but that's the thing. It's really cold here. Like, you know, colder than we normally get. So what are you guys getting there?
1: Uh, We've gotten, what, four inches of snow? It hasn't been bad. We don't live, obviously, out in the open like you guys. We live right in the middle of the city, so it's a little bit different. So we just kind of snuggled up yesterday, watched a little football. Then we we made chili yesterday. We watched a movie. Yeah, so it was nice. But also, Catherine was dying just to get out in the snow just for a little bit. So at one point she was like, hey, I'm going to, I'm just going to walk down to the market. I'm like, do you need anything? She's like, nah, not really. I just want to put on some clothes and I'll grab some stuff. We'll make chili. I just want to feel the snow. And I was like, oh, fair enough. So she got dressed and she was walking around just to be a part of it. But we didn't get snowed in necessarily because things were sort of still moving along slowly. But it was still nice. Nonetheless, there's something about wintertime and at least a couple times being able to look out your window and say, ah, it's snowing out here.
2: Yeah, that's the main thing that I ask yeah. of the month of January. If it's going to be miserably cold, I want it to at least snow so there is something to look at. Because, like, who wants 22 degrees in overcast? Who right. wants 37 degrees in freezing rain? Nobody wants that. There's no thing like that. That's kind of like the in-between no man's land of being a fan of a team in the NFL that's like 9-8, and 8-9. Eight, eight right. It's the weird no man's land. Either be terrible or be really good. Don't do the in-between thing. So that's normally what Tennessee does.
1: Although I did see, I was laughing, your daughter, I think she had, what was it? A sled and it was filled with nothing but her baby dolls. And I thought, and what did you put something about how she's going to push you guys down a hill or something? If you looked at that thing from the right angle, I was like, oh, this looks like the makings of a serial killer right here. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well because some of the baby dolls Number one look really realistic yes. And number two they have some Of these looks on their faces Like somebody is waterboarding Them so you know it looked like Guantanamo Bay where my daughter was just Putting these little clothes on them Putting him on the sled and they're like oh god We're gonna go down the biggest Hill aren't we and they're all just Kind of looking at each other so You know the things you do to entertain Yourself when you have a four year old
1: it was very fun. But you're right. It was not necessarily the packing of the sled, it was the look on the doll's face, like the braces, <laughs> like, oh, I'm preparing to die. This is how it's going to be, huh? So it was very, very funny. We were not here yesterday. So the Donkster was the only one who had best bets. And a one on one evening for the Donkster. Had Bucks plus three host in the Eagles. The Bucks went 32 to nine. We will talk about that in just moments. Also had Warriors laying eight against the Grizz, and the Grizzlies went. that was a loss for the week. The Donkster is one-on-one. Our slates are clean, but that will change after tonight. It is a Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you along with us on a snowy Tuesday. I guess it depends on where you are. We are live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the east. And let's start with snowy Buffalo yesterday, where the Bills handled the Steelers 31-17. Bills laying 10 points. The Bills minus 550 on the money line. Total set at 48 and a hook and the over it's this was a game postponed by almost 28 hours because of storms in the area and all the snow but when it finally got underway yesterday it is the home team that dominates second and nine Across the middle Sherfield was not down shakir not down inside the 10 oh what an effort the play of the night Jim Nance with the call on CBS, and Allen also rushes eight times for 74 yards. That includes a 52-yard gallop for a touchdown. So Allen becomes the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for three or more touchdowns while also rushing for 70 or more yards and a score as well. We had to wait for this game, wait for this game, wait for this game. But when it finally went down, Chelsea, Buffalo did what we thought they might do, which is just take care of a Steelers team that had a really hard time moving the football.
2: Yeah, Buffalo had no issues moving the football. And I think you look at some of these games that were supposed to have really bad weather, and, of course, it was miserably cold in Buffalo. Of course, they moved it, so it was a little different. But 31 points from a single side in a game where – I believe the total was 38 and a half. Like, I don't think it was 48 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was closer to 40. So some of these totals went way over. But the Bills, I think, are on this trajectory where they are now the hottest team, I think, in the playoffs in the NFL. Because I thought to myself it was going to be either the Rams or the Browns, but both those teams have been eliminated. So now the team with the momentum angle looks to be the Buffalo Bills. And here's the thing about the Bills, when they are playing to the top level of their potential, it feels like they can beat anybody in the NFL, anybody bar none. Uh, And we see that, especially when Josh Allen is so effective with his feet. And from a props perspective, I think that's something I'll be looking at for Lamar Jackson. Do you think quarterbacks run it more in the postseason? Because usually in the regular season, you don't want to take the extra hits. Your coach is saying, "Okay, we've invested a lot of money in you. Please don't do that. But when you're trying to win games, I'm glad that they let Josh Allen run loose because I think that's one of his best assets. And why would you not use it, especially in the postseason? And they certainly did.
1: I think it's an interesting balance to try and strike if you're Buffalo in that they kind of got away from that midseason, and now they've gotten sort of back into it again. I think ultimately if the bills are going to be the team that they can be a team that mm-hmm. maximizes it, its potential, then Josh Allen has to do more. But also the key is, can he do these things without turning over the football? That really yep. is just the one linchpin, right? Because when he dominates like he did yesterday and he doesn't throw any interceptions, and he doesn't fumble the football, and he takes care of the big skin. Guess what? The Bills looked unbelievable. It was, what, the week before against Miami when they were playing for the division, and he turned it over, what, three times in the red zone. Now, the Bills still won that game, but that was the only real reason why that game was close. So, I think if Allen can hold on to it, then Buffalo sort of maximizes how good it can be. And here they are, Chelsea. They won six straight. Oh, for
2: sure. Uh, I think that's the takeaway for most people is because this season, the interceptions have really been a problem for Josh Allen. So the fact that he didn't throw a single pick in this game, I think it means that maybe they're trending in the right direction, but also we should quantify that they were playing the Steelers without TJ Watt and without really a great offense. So maybe the next rung on the ladder is going to be a lot harder for the Buffalo Bills, but still, I think they deserve their flowers. This is still the postseason. Jenks, I think the the thing that surprised me the most about this first round was I think the spread only mattered in, what, one game? Like yeah. Most of these games were not close. So I'm wondering if that's going to be a trend moving forward in the postseason, that if you just pick a winner, if the spread does not matter. And I think the only game where the spread mattered, the Lions – And the Rams, I think we both knew that game was kind of going to be back and forth with uh, both of those offenses and both of those quarterbacks. But still, do you think the spread's going to matter throughout the NFL postseason, or do you think it's going to be more of the same, some of these Mm -hmm. one-sided matchups?
1: Well, I thought the spread would matter in some games, but then I didn't see the results coming, particularly in that Dallas game. That is still blowing my mind that we saw that performance or lack of performance <laughs> by the Cowboys. I mean, they were just so bad in that game. I, I think Vegas adjusts, but also the playoffs were a different animal. We talked about that last week. So even if you're incredibly astute at setting the number and you've got all the computer programs and you've got the algorithms and you've got the, the statistical base that you can delve into, man, the playoffs for anyone I think are just difficult to really put a number on and we saw it over the past week and i'm i'm like you i really don't know i did want to ask you before we move on to the bucks and the eagles did you see mike tomlin after the game when he was asked about his future and the reporter got about four or five seconds into her question about mike tomlin having one year remaining on his contract and boom he just walked out of the room immediately no comment (sighs)
2: it's kind of surprising to me because how many times do you think he's been asked about his job probably a lot because he's been there for a long time so maybe he just didn't want to deal with it i get it it's probably an annoying question uh so i don't think that it was necessarily a spoiled brat move because some people were mad about this and i don't know did this rub you the wrong way like i don't really care like he still has a year left on his contract like let him live
1: (sighs) Let the man live. It'll be interesting to see because certainly he's one of the longest tenured coaches. The NFL has had a massive amount of success with the Steelers. At the same time, the flip side to that is that the Steelers have kind of just been middling through the last few seasons. And they have now lost five straight in the playoffs. Down in Tampa, how about this? The Bucs hammer the Eagles 32 to 9. The Bucs were getting three. They were plus 125 on the money line. Total set at 41. The rejuvenation. A Baker Mayfield continues 337 yards and three touchdowns. But they've got to start having some answers on the offensive side of the ball. Second and four. Here's another broken tackle. This is the rookie, Trey Palmer, and he is gone. Touchdown, Buccaneers. Joe Buck with the call on ESPN, Tampa Bay has now won for the sixth time in its last seven games. They move on to play the Lions in the next round. I think the bigger story here is the Eagles. The Eagles' offense never gets going in this one. They start the season 10-1. and one. That included beating the Bucs by 14 back in week three. They finished the season 1-5, and five, making the Super Bowl just last year. I don't know what has happened to Philly down the stretch but they have gone from what looked like an absolute juggernaut in the span of a year to a team that is completely hapless.
2: I think it shows how important their coordinators were last year. Mm-hmm. And remember, they lost both of their coordinators from that team that went to the Super Bowl. Also, the injuries just seem to be piling up. A.J. Brown didn't play in this game. But I think more importantly, this was a, a team where – you could tell the vibes were way off for this Mm -hmm. team heading down the stretch. You know, those last five games of the season, it looked like a team that was broken, and that's exactly what we saw in this game. So I know it could be hard to trust Baker Mayfield and the Bucs, which Baker Mayfield wasn't 100% either down the stretch. I know he's been battling some injuries, but still, man, I think it still is very shocking to see how far the Eagles have fallen from last year. Like, I think a lot of us expected, you know, okay, Mm -hmm. you lose your coordinators, you have some injuries, you're not going to be quite as good, but still, you'd think, okay, the offensive line is there. Okay, parts of the offense is still there. Jalen Hurts is banged up. I think they kept showing uh, his throwing hand or his hand, how it was all bandaged up, but still, I think this is a very depressing end to the season, if you are an Eagles fan.
1: Oh, absolutely. You had plans on getting back to the Super Bowl. Everything was in place. Yeah, you lost a couple players. You lost your coordinators, but you had to feel great, especially when you start the season 10-1. and one, You think, dude, we're going back to the Super Bowl. And Matt keeps saying this. Matt is our resident Eagles fan. He says Nick Sirianni is toast that he's done. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'll say one thing. There will be a lot of discussion about that for a guy that seemed to completely lose his team at the end of this season. Coming up next here on the show... Green base of the Cowboys packing over the weekend. Now they head to San Francisco looking to do the same to the Niners. We're going to look ahead to this weekend. That is next on the Daily Tip from BETQL, presented by BETMGM.
0: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BETMGM on the BETQL network. <laughs> Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL network.
1: Welcome back. Good morning to you. We are live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the East. The Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. She's Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. In moments, the early numbers for the NFL Divisional Round in the NFC. Chelsea, did you see? I don't know if you caught this or not, but after the Cowboys lost to the Packers, and that wasn't just a loss, man, I cannot wait to see what the fallout is. If anything... In Dallas, because once again, we thought the Cowboys might break through that narrative of winning a lot of games and then being ousted in the first week. They looked like a different team this year. Dak looked like a different quarterback. No, same old Cowboys each and every single year. And it's going to kill Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is now 81 years old, and he has been waiting since the mid 90s for one more title and can't get it but there was an interview with michael irvin and (laughs) he starts off very calm talking about this loss and by the end he's slamming his fist on the table yelling and then walks off and it was so revealing to me not that michael irvin or not that he has a temper he can get fired up whatever but what got to me was how even years later someone who played the game and has an allegiance towards a certain franchise can still get that angry watching his old franchise not perform up to a certain standard which frankly is what made these guys great in the first place because even now even way past their primes it's been forever since they've touched the football field And I mean, Michael Irvin acted like he had just lost that game. And it was really remarkable to watch that happen in real time, to watch his anger fester and then explode. But that's what makes these guys great in the first place. And I think he speaks for a lot of Cowboys fans who are sick and tired of being sick and tired.
2: Yeah, I don't think you have to be a Hall of Famer to get irrationally angry for what the playoffs have done to your Dallas (laughs) Cowboys. Because look at how good they've been in these regular seasons. And it's not even just Dak Prescott. Like, this has been a curse that has lasted several quarterbacks. Because Mm -hmm. I was saying, oh, my God, Dak Prescott, what is he now? Two and five in the postseason? And my husband was like, still better than Tony Romo. Uh, And Tony Romo was a great regular season quarterback. Put up great numbers. But in the postseason, all I remember about Tony Romo was – Shouldn't have had that popcorn when he fumbled mm-hmm. that snap or fumbled that whatever it was to set up to kick. Uh, so it's just, do you believe that certain teams are first? Because at this point, like how do you believe in the Cowboys in the postseason? Didn't we all think this year was different? That Dak Prescott was really having a great season. But I will say there were some little clues that maybe mm. we should have seen. I tried to bring this up. I'm not saying that I was like, you know, beating my chest about the Packers. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying, when you see the narrative that the Cowboys at home this year were unbeatable, look at the teams they beat. Like, Who was their only win that they beat the brakes off somebody that was actually really good? I think it was the Eagles. And look at the Eagles. I don't think they are the team that we thought they were. But when you look at those other games, they beat the Seahawks, I think, by less than seven points. They beat the Lions by maybe one or two points. And then the rest of those teams were a steady diet of the Commanders, the Jets, the Giants. They lost to the Cardinals. So maybe that is a narrative that should have been further examined.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And I have to admit that I was one of the people, I thought the Cowboys would drill the Packers over the past weekend. So I will fully be the first one to tell you I was wrong about that. I looked at them outscoring opponents at home by some ridiculous margin I looked at the Cowboys averaging 41 points a game at Jerry World. And then I don't know if it was lack of preparation. I don't know if it was just Dak. and You don't want to pin it on one player, right? It's never just one player. But I will say I thought it was pretty telling after the game that Dak Prescott immediately came to the defense of Mike McCarthy and said, I had a great season because of him. I would not be in the position I am right now if not for Mike McCarthy. So when your quarterback gives you a ringing endorsement, even in the throes of such a loss, I think it speaks to maybe something that you're doing right. But ultimately we know the book on Mike McCarthy, right? He has a super bowl, but this is something that he has done again and again. And now I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you have to think it's really taking away from these regular seasons. We've won 12 games a season for the last three straight seasons, we have nothing to show for. So the regular season isn't meaningless, but it sure feels that way, sort of, when you have a regular season and then you don't do anything, you look at yourself and you say, well, what's the point?
2: Well, and especially when you have the history that the Cowboys do, like this is a very successful franchise and Mm -hmm. one of the most, you know, recognizable franchises in all of sports. This would be different if we were talking about the Arizona Cardinals or a team that like, no offense to the Cardinals, but you know, a team that doesn't have as voracious of a fan base as the Dallas Cowboys do and an owner that's willing to go out and do the things. I think that's gotta be the most most frustrating part for somebody like Jerry Jones is the yeah. fact that he's not afraid to open the checkbook. He's not afraid to like pay his players. He does what it takes, but yet it is not turning into Super Bowls for Dallas. I was thinking to myself, when you said that first line saying, you know, it's gonna kill Jerry Jones, I was like, I don't you might <laughs> not be wrong. Like that might actually not be too far from the truth. The guy's yeah. pushing 81, like you said. So he said after the game that this was one mm-hmm. of the more heartbreaking losses that he had experienced. And think of all the seasons that he has experienced. So the fact yeah. that he said that probably speaks volumes.
1: Yeah, it's – watching Jerry is – it's just fascinating to me because we all remember in the 90s when those, those Super Bowls came so easy – with Mm -hmm. jimmy johnson and then barry switzer but he was essentially just using jimmy johnson's roster and jerry by his own admission thought we got a lot more of these coming he would have never guessed that here we are in 2024 and now he's going to have to wait another season It is a Daily Tip from Beck presented by BetMGM. Chelsea, let's talk about the NFC Divisional Round this weekend. And we begin on Sunday at 8 o'clock, or Saturday, I should say, at 8 o'clock kickoff at Levi's State and the Packers at the Niners. Niners laying 10 points. The Niners are minus 500. The Packers are plus 375. Your total set at 50 and a half the other game on Sunday, Bucks and Lions. But do you think the Packers have it in them to go into San Francisco and to cover what is a huge number for the playoffs?
2: Here's the craziest part of that Cowboys game. How many people Mm -hmm. are talking about the Packers after that Cowboys game? Anyone?
1: No. (laughs) Except
2: for people (laughs) in Green Bay. It's wild how it just kind of turns into, okay, the Cowboys blew it. But the Green Mm -hmm. Bay Packers certainly deserve some credit here. Jordan love is putting up some really solid numbers, especially for a rookie quarterback, because going back to, you know, going into this weekend, the numbers were not kind to first year quarterbacks in their first time going into the playoffs against quarterbacks with playoff experience. What was the number 17, 35, and one 32 against the spread 32% against the spread. Uh, So I think you do have to look at what Jordan love and this offense has done and say, okay, Maybe we need to be taking notice. And especially a team that's starting to, it feels like they're getting healthy. Jair Alexander, of course, one of the highest highest paid secondary members, I believe in the NFL uh, as well. Obviously making some big plays in that Cowboys game too. Aaron Jones has been really good and really effective behind the line of scrimmage. So I think this is a Packers team that you have to give their flowers. But then you look at the Niners the team who has Mm -hmm. been dominant all season long, and now they have some time to get healthy. (sighs) I like the Packers, but I don't think I'm brave enough to go against the Niners at home with extra rest. Do you think rust is a factor here? Or do you Mm -hmm. think that this rest is 100% a great thing?
1: I think it's 100% a great thing. I feel like it depends on the team. It depends on a, how much talent that you have, Be what is your injury situation? But when you talk about the Niners, like I don't think the Buccaneers are a team that needs any rest. And I say that because they're kind of playing way above their pay grade. They just need to keep this momentum going as long as they can. Keep playing, stay hot, don't take a break, just keep on going. If you're the Niners, it's different because you don't need the momentum. You're exactly who you should be, which is a dominant team. You've been banged up. And so when you have an extra week to repair with that much talent, for a team like the Niners, I think it really benefits them.
2: Oh, for sure. And that was their main concern this season. When they lost games, it seemed like it was because of injuries. Those games where they didn't have guys like Christian McCaffrey or mm-hmm. Devo Samuel or, you know, on the offensive line, Trent Williams, who is an all pro and one of the best on the offensive line in the entire NFL. So I do think it's a good thing, but that seems like the square thought. Like, do yeah. you think that we're not giving the Packers enough credit here? Because we are getting 10 points with the away team. Yeah.
1: I will say this I don't think, and I just, I'm, for me personally, I have not given enough credit to Jordan Love. And I've sort of been thinking, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not quite sure. But, man, if you look at how he sort of turned it on to become a different player come midseason, he has really, really been fantastic for Green Bay, and I find it fascinating, too. Remember, there was a time earlier in the season when basically the general manager for Green Bay came out and would not commit to Jordan Love and said "Eh, Mm -hmm. we'll see how the season plays out but it's pretty clear now that he is their quarterback of the future and certainly going into Dallas and performing the way he did solidifies that he has been a different player in the second half of the season so certainly when you have great quarterback play that is a huge differentiator in the National Football League I, I think the Packers For me, this is a good sell-high spot on them, but I do want to give them full credit for how they performed in the second half of the season because I was not a believer.
2: I think the difference here is you're going to be going against a really, really tough defense, especially against the run. We know the Mm -hmm. linebacking core for the Niners is one of the best in the NFL. That's why they've been so dominant along with that offense because the trend that I've noticed is that when the Packers can run the ball effectively, they've Mm -hmm. been a lot better. Like if you look at this stretch where the Packers have been winning games, it's because of Aaron Jones. Like he's had some really, uh, really solid games. And when you can establish the run, it takes so much pressure off a young quarterback that I think that's going to be the difference for the offense in this one. If they can't get the run going, it is going to be a much longer day for Jordan Love.
1: Yep, I totally agree with you. So they need to get off to a fast start and not be playing from behind. We'll see if they can be, or if they can be effective against that absolutely incredible Niners defense. What about the Sunday game? It is a three o'clock kickoff at Ford Field. Bucks at the Lions. Lions laying six. The Lions are minus two seventy-five on the money line at BetMGM. Bucks are plus two ten. Your total is forty-eight and a hook at BetMGM. I don't know what to think about this. I sort of think, God, I feel like I'm being a square here, but I kind of feel like the Bucks run is going to come to an end. But maybe I'm wrong. Baker Mayfield, for all the hassle I gave him before the season we're being washed up, oh, he's going to get beaten up by Kyle Trask. He's been a different player and a great quarterback for Tampa down the stretch. So maybe I'm treating the Bucks like I did the Packers and not giving them enough credit. What do you think? <sighs>
2: I think he definitely deserves some credit because it's still kind of shocking to me that he's at this juncture. He does have some really good weapons around him. And once again, he'll be facing a pretty easy matchup. Like the, the Lions secondary has not been one of the best in the NFL. So he should have an easy time yet again. The Lions giving up 7.8 yards per attempt. And if you look at the Eagles, that was another easy matchup. The Eagles all season long have been what you play when you play opposing wide receivers. So I think it should be another good game for Baker Mayfield and company. But I don't know. I kind of want to take the Lions at home but six points feels like a lot. I would say, okay, just go ahead and hammer the over. It's wild to me that the over didn't hit in the Lions and Rams game. Like that game started off so hot. What was it like 30 some points in the first half in a 24, 23, Mm -hmm. but doesn't this game look like another one that could be very back and forth
1: yeah it sure does and the one thing that always gives me pause when it comes to the lions is their secondary you can hang with the lions now i will say in the second half of that game against the rams they had a really nice job of sort of clamping down and preventing matthew stafford from allowing the rams offense to get back in that game because early on Stafford was just firing at will but overall if you look at the totality of the season you can hang with the Lions if you can throw on them. And the way Baker Mayfield is tossed around a pigskin right now, he might just be able to keep it within the number. Coming up next here on the show, it is time for the next round of the NFL playoffs and the future's odds that come along with it. We're going to take a look and try to find some value. It is a daily tip from BQL presented by BetMGM. We're continuing with hour one. Stay right there.
0: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the daily tip presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL network. Let's get back to the daily tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL network.
1: back to the show. The Daily Tip from BQL, presented by Betting Jim. She is Chelsea Messenger, live in Nashville, and Michael Jenkins, live in Washington, D.C. Coming up, what the NFL futures market looks like now that super wildcard weekend is in the books. Chelsea, how do you stay motivated to work out? Because you are someone who stays in very good shape. And the reason why I ask this is because <laughs> I'm working from home today. Thankfully, because it's nasty outside and the snow is everywhere here in D.C. And Catherine told me before she went to bed last night, the lovely Catherine said, hey, I'm trying to get up and go work out at 7 a.m. tomorrow. I said, OK. She goes, so when you have a break during your show, since you're working from home, I need you to come upstairs if I'm not up and help me get up. I said, OK. So I just walked upstairs and I walk in, and it's 6 37. I see Catherine is still lying in bed, and I take two steps in the bedroom and I hear, No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, So you're not where she's like, Ah, I think I pulled a rib rolling over. I was like, Oh my God, this is the most dramatic thing I've ever heard in my life. And so she started laughing, and I said, You're not getting up, are you? She's like, I don't. No, if i'm going to today i said all right you asked me to come in and motivate you so this is my motivation i'm trying to get you out of bed but if you don't want to go so i don't think she's gonna go work out i think she went back to bed she couldn't do it now i can't say anything because you're not gonna catch me waking up at 6 30 a.m any day of the week going to work out so what do you have as a tip or a trick as motivation because you're very busy you work super early You have a daughter that you take care of. You're a great mom. You're always all over the place with Blake. So how do you motivate yourself to carve out time to work out and stay motivated?
2: Here's what I don't understand about working out and the connection that people think it has to waking up early. Like, why do you have to work out in the morning? Is this simply because people don't want to do it after work? Because... For most of my life, I have never Mm -hmm. been a morning person, which very Mm -hmm. funny, I'm doing a morning show now. But I'm not somebody who's motivated in the morning either. In fact, even when I worked the late night shift, which, you know, pretty late night, when you do the normal sports anchoring, where you get off at like 1130 or midnight, I would go to the gym after that. Like I had a 24 hour a day gym that I would go work out in the middle of the night. And honestly, that felt way better to me than waking up early so i feel like workouts count no matter what time of day you do them so if you're not a morning person don't do them in the mornings
1: that's smart that's smart i am not a morning person at all i'm like you if i'm going to work out it's going to be after work Mm -hmm. you know maybe if it's early early is going to be like 9 30 or 10. do you know what i mean But I don't know Mm -hmm. how people do it, and I have complete admiration for it who are able to say, oh, I'll just, I'll wake up at 530, I'll get in a nice hour workout, then I'll come home, shower, get ready for work. If you can do that, tip of the cap, because I honestly don't know how people do it.
2: Why do people, I feel like there is something baked into waking up early that makes you feel like you're a more productive person. Like, have you ever heard this? People who it almost feels like they're on their high horse. They're like, yeah, I wake up every day at 4.45 a.m. to go work out. I'm like, congrats. I do the same thing and I get a full nice rest, you know, on the weekends, not on these godforsaken weekdays when I'm working this job. But you get what I'm saying? Like people who work yeah. out in the morning, it feels like they have like, God, maybe these people are going to come for me now. But do you ever get this, like this little inkling of like, oh, I'm better than you because I wake up early. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, I've heard people who, you know, feel better and, and feel like they get more accomplished throughout the day. I will say this, though, as someone who takes a lot of naps, who is a big believer in naps and who almost has to just based on the hours of this show, there are at least a couple days a week where I don't nap at all. Like, I'm too busy. I'm either running around to mm-hmm. appointments or I'm out at Commander's Park and I'm working with the commanders and doing some work for them. And those days, I'm just slamming coffee and just going for it. And I will say there are times when I'll look up and I'll be like, wow, I had a lot done today. And it's only I know, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> because you've been up since 3 30 this morning and you haven't taken a break now that's earlier than most people i would assume but even then you're like it's amazing what happens when you're up super early and you're not napping you can get a lot done
2: yeah but then 5 p.m rolls around you're like oh my god when will this day end (laughs) doesn't it feel like forever like the day feels super long though uh Mm -hmm. so yes i agree with you but then i am not productive at night So it's like you pick your productive, you wake up early, you're productive in the morning. I think everybody knows which time of day you are the most productive, because I think a lot of people don't work out at night because the motivation leaves their body after work and they're like, okay, I'm tired, I don't really want to do it. But everybody's wired differently. So I think the best thing is to, you know, examine yourself and when you feel the best and that is when you go work out.
1: Abs- I think that's very good advice and from someone who actually works out on a regular basis so if you're going to listen to anybody listen to Chelsea don't listen to me <laughs> Chelsea let's talk about NFL futures particularly the Super Bowl odds at BetMGM and how they have shifted the Niners still the favorites at plus 175 the Ravens are plus 275 Bills at 5 to 1 Chiefs at 7 to 1 Lions 9 to 1 Packers and Bucks 28 to 1 the Texans sitting there At 30-1. to So here we are yet another week closer to the Super Bowl. Is any team here worth your money? Because once again, what do I keep looking at? The Buffalo Bills again and again. Five to one, just sitting there. But you have to ask your question or the question if you like Buffalo. Can they really beat the Niners head-to-head? Can they really beat the Ravens head-to-head? I don't know, but I do like the value at 5-1. to one. Or do you like someone like the Chiefs? If you think Patrick Mahomes and the boys can turn it up, they're 7-1. What are you thinking?
2: I think the conversation I'd like to have is, even at plus 175, do you think the Niners still have any value? Because if you look at the playoff bracket, the NFC looks mm-hmm. a lot different than the AFC. Like, somebody was mentioning this. The quarterbacks in the AFC that are still live right now, C.J. Stroud, Lamar Jackson... Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. That's an absolute gauntlet. And those are four teams that I would not want to face. Then you look at the NFC, which I am not knocking, Jordan Love and company, but then it's the Niners and you have Jordan Love and the Packers. You have Baker Mayfield and the Bucs and Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Like one of those sides looks a bit easier to me. Does Mm -hmm. it not? It just feels like the Niners have the much easier route. And I know that... You know, just because you're the higher seed or, excuse me, the better team with the better seed doesn't mean you necessarily advance. Mm. But, God, it just feels like the Niners have a cakewalk. And they also have some extra rest in there. So it just mm-hmm. feels like the path to the Super Bowl is almost too easy for the Niners. Is there any value at taking the Niners plus 175? Like maybe you find a way to hedge the other <sighs> side, you know, if they get to the Super Bowl. But I would yeah. imagine their favorites – so, I just keep kind of walking in circles here because I do think the NFC looks pretty clear-cut.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I just don't know if there's any value at plus 175. I mean, it is plus money. That's something. Right. But it's these odds are not going to get any longer. They're only going to get shorter. So, after this mm-hmm. week, if the Niners dispatch of the Packers, like we think, will happen, what is it? Niners plus 125? Niners even money all of a sudden Niners plus 110 whatever it is so if you like the Niners now is the time to grab them I just don't know at plus 175 if I'm willing to take a shot and yet I definitely think this is the the best team remaining if I had to been on the team it would be San Francisco so if you like it again it is plus money so maybe it's worth a little bit if you're a big believer in San Francisco.
2: Well, what about this conversation? If you think the Niners win the Super Bowl and you don't want to take them plus one seventy five, what about Super Bowl MVP? Brock Purdy's actually the lowest of the odds of Niners Mm -hmm. players at plus three seventy five. But it feels to me, Christian McCaffrey eight to one Super Bowl MVP? I feel like that's the bet you make if you think the Niners win the Super Bowl.
1: That's the one. Eight to one? I'm stunned that you're getting this much value. And I understand that the Super Bowl MVP award, much like the regular NFL MVP award, is a quarterback's award. But man, don't you think if the Niners go off in the Super Bowl that Christian McCaffrey is going to be the guy, right? It, it, and an 8-1, to one, even why not? Why not take a shot? Because it is quarterback, 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 quarterback. Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And then Christian McCaffrey. So again, yeah, it's a QB award, but at eight to one, that's, I think you're absolutely right. That's the bet to make.
2: I feel like Super Bowl MVP is way less of a quarterback award than the regular season MVP, though. Because if you Mm -hmm. look at some of the guys that have won it, um, obviously Patrick Mahomes won it last year. He is a quarterback. But the year that Cooper Cup was having that amazing year, guess who won Super Bowl MVP? Cooper Cup and not Matt Stafford. So in a year where Brock Purdy, you know, is in the running for the MVP of the regular season, I still think that Christian McCaffrey, if he has a massive game, which, you know, if the Niners win, there's a good chance that he does. I think mm-hmm. this is more of an award that he can win as opposed to the regular season MVP.
1: I, I agree with you. And also if you're Kyle Shanahan, if we're projecting and looking forward and let's say you're in the Super Bowl, If I'm game planning, if I'm scheming, certainly Brock Purdy has been great. He can win a game for you. But wouldn't you say I'm going to get the football in any way possible into the hands of my best player if anyone's going to win this game for us? It's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Doesn't that seem like a no-brainer?
2: Yeah. Well, and also, he's the running back. So, like, he's going to be involved. This is not boom or bust. He's going to be involved.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I love that bet. Eight to one. Man, we got to grab that now. Coming up next year on the show, our first look at the divisional round of the playoffs in the AFC and if there's any early bets that we would be willing to make. She is Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Hour two of the Daily Tip from Becky Bell presented by BetMGM is coming your way next. Stay right back.